0: you to grab a seat. If you don't have a Bible, feel free to grab one as you're grabbing a seat around the room, one of the tables around the room, one of the communion tables. We have Bibles there. Um, If you're using one of those Bibles, one of our Bibles, it's on page 768. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 this morning. We're going to be page 768 if you're using one of our Bibles. So glad to be here with you here today. Happy Father's Day. Those of you who are biological fathers, those of you who are are spiritual fathers, our world is a better place when we embrace this idea that that God has called us to love and to lay down and to serve and to lead. And and thank you for all of you men who are taking that call just seriously, both with your biological children, but also in the church with your spiritual children. And so thank you um, for that. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here with you today. It's a special day. Our kids have been up in Kentucky um, visiting my dad and staying with him this weekend. So we've had a great weekend. You know, that's a great Father's Day weekend. Um, we're excited to pick them up this afternoon. I want to pray for us, and uh, then we'll jump in. If you feel comfortable, grab the hand of the person next to you. If you don't feel comfortable, just cough on your hand. It's a good way to let them know you don't want to hold hands, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump into a time of teaching. And so, God, thank you for this morning. And God, I welcome you, and we want you. And you know us, God. You know our thoughts you know, our fears, you know, the, the the, things that are going on in our hearts and our minds that are just discouraging us and, and hurting us, and the, the ways that the enemy is coming up against us. And God, all these people, they've come here this morning. We've come here this morning because we want you. And for some, they've, they've been just drinking from you, God. They know you. They love you. They've discovered that that you are the one that satisfies us, that fills us up when we're when we're empty. And God, for others, they're, they're just empty and they're coming here looking for, for, for something, God. They're looking for you. And I just pray, God, no, no matter where we are on the journey, you would meet us. And you do it in a way that you receive all the glory. And so thank you for all these just amazing people in this room and all their stories and the ways that you're pursuing each of them. And you're just so good. There's no one like you, God. And we love you. And we welcome you. We welcome Jesus. We welcome the Holy Spirit. May you be praised in this place this morning. You know, we pray. Amen. You know those moments in life where you, you know you need to let go of something? And in hindsight, you look back and you're like, man, why did we take so long to let go of that? It's like that was, of course, the, the, the obvious choice. But in the moment when you're wrestling with letting something go, it's such a struggle. It's such a battle, right? Think about those moments. Maybe for you, it was a relationship or maybe it was a career or, or all these things that, that you come to this moment. You're like, I know I got to part ways with this, but it's so hard. And you have the perspective on the other side of it to be like, oh yeah, I, I knew that was the right choice. You know, some silly ways we've experienced this with our kids, you know, with, with a pacifier. And and you don't know how bittersweet or like uh, how, how good and how terrible pacifiers are, right? Until your kid doesn't have the pacifier that they're used to, right? And so we came to this point with all of our kids were like, man, we, we, gotta, we gotta get them off the pacifier, right? You can't be a 13 year old dude with a pacifier. Like, so it, it's gotta happen somehow. And, and, and you kind of go through that season like, we no, we got to let go of this. And, and you get past it and you're like, man, life is so much better without the stupid pacifier, right? And in and, and some kind of silly ways where you go, man, you, you got to let go, right? That, I think about when I was going to college and I remember I'm from small town Kentucky and I remember the drive to Nashville and you would have thought my mom was driving to a funeral, right, like how sad she was. And, and she's just crying and we get there and I'm crying. And, 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 and we came to this point where it's like, hey, if, if I'm gonna grow as a man, like, gotta let go, right? Like, I'm only going to grow so much if I'm living in my mom's house, right? Like that there are things that you only learn when, when you're willing to let go. And, and, and the same is true in the kingdom of God. The same is true when it comes to the things of God, that, that we come to this place where, where God brings us to things. That if, and, and, and the choice that we have to make is if, if we want to keep going, if we want to keep growing in God, he'll bring us to these places where we have to let go of some things, and I love the story that we're going to be looking at this morning because the church in particular that we're looking at in Acts chapter 13, they, they just embraced this. They got this so well. That they understood that, that in order to keep growing with God, you had to let go. You know, we've been in the book of Acts for several months now, and if you don't, aren't familiar with the book of Acts, it's the story of the church. It's the beginning of the movement that Jesus started. And so it started with Jesus dying, him raising from the dead three days later, him ascending to heaven. And it's just this story over and over again of, of things, of people, of kings, of spiritual forces of evil, of persecution setting itself up against the church to try to stop the movement of God. And what you see is that over and over again, nothing is strong enough to stop the movement that Jesus has started. And today, the thing that comes up against the movement of Jesus is what happens when the call of Jesus calls God's people out of our comfort? What happens to God's people when, when the call of God's, the call of God in our lives is to call us out of that which is comfortable for the sake of the kingdom expansion? And so Acts chapter 13, starting in verse one, we're just gonna be in three verses today. This is the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 13, starting verse one. It says, now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them and so the very first thing that I want us to see this morning is is that you see this church in Antioch that they're a church that listens to the voice of the Lord. Church that listens to the voice of the Lord. And so this is the very first time in the book of Acts that you see God's people choosing to fast. And that's important. And you read this, and we don't exactly know what they're fasting for or what they're fasting from. We don't exactly know what all, but, but we go, man, we know what they're doing. They're, they're putting themselves in a place where they can hear from God. There was this moment where, of all the things that they could have been doing 2,000 years ago, there was something that was stirring in their spirit. They go, man, we, we just want God. We want to be with God. We want to, to hear God without anything else interrupting us, even food. Right? You think about, have you ever been so locked into something that that nothing was more important? Like you you don't even eat because something is so important. I go, I think about the the birth of our children and my wife is, you know, in labor and I'm not just going, hey, you know, it's dinner time. So I'm going to just peace out. Right? Like, no, you, you set things aside because something else is more important. And what you see stirring in the hearts of the first century church in Antioch is that there was just this pure desire. God, we want you. God, we, we want you. And there's something about coming to God, stepping into a place without anything else distracting, without anything else vying for your attention, where you go, God, we just want you. We just want to hear from you. That God honors that, that God sees that, that God blesses that. There's something about setting aside food for a time to go, God, we don't want anything anything to distract us from you in this moment. It's why we as a church family, we set aside a, a day each month to pray and to fast. It's this posture of going, hey, as a church family, we, we don't wanna just go through the motions. We don't wanna just show up. We, we wanna know you, God. And history has proven that when God's people are willing to set aside food or when they're willing to set aside things to show God that God is a priority, God honors that, God blesses that, God speaks in that. It's why we have prayer gathering. It's a space every Sunday night where where no matter where you are, no matter what you're struggling with, it's like, man, this is a place, if you want God, come to God's presence. And what you see is Church of Antioch, is that they are a church that listens to the Lord. Second thing that we see in this beautiful church is that they are a church that's willing to let go. See this in verse 3, it says, so after they had fasted and they prayed, they placed their hands on Saul and Barnabas and sent them off. Now, now we read that and we miss so much of what was going on below the surface. So you think about this. They're, they're having this prayer meeting, right? So on Sunday morning, and it's like, hey, the Holy Spirit shows up and it's like, hey, set apart for me Sam, our house church leader. Person in charge of all our house churches, set apart for me, Nana. And they're leaving. Now we can read this and we're like, oh, that's cool that the Holy Spirit shows up. But think about that, like how hard that would have been for, for that church to part ways with two of their amazing leaders, right? Think about what kind of a church it was where Saul and Barnabas were a part of it, right? Like you, you go back and you read about Barnabas in Acts chapter one and two. He was the, or maybe it's Acts chapter, yeah, Acts chapter two. He was the, no, four, sorry, Acts chapter four. And and. He, he was the first person that, that set a, a field. He sold part of his property and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is a man that was generous. Have you ever been around someone who is generous when it comes to the kingdom? He wasn't just generous, he was this courageous man that, that when Saul had become a follower of Jesus, that he was this chief persecutor and all the other apostles, Peter and Andrew and James and John were scared to death. It was Barnabas that said, I see it. And it was Barnabas that, that brought him and said, hey, he's cool, he's, he's fine. God has done some real work in his heart. And so in Barnabas is this generous man. He is this, this man marked with courage. Imagine what their church would have been like. Or Saul, who is Paul. Right, half of our New Testament is written by him. The the theology, the wisdom, the passion. Think about what this church at Antioch was giving up, letting go of. The growth, the depth that they were willing to put on the line for the sake of the kingdom. You know, I love our church family and, and, I re- and I really, I, I hope that God calls so many of you to leave ethos. And it's not because I think you're annoying. It's the exact opposite, right? Like, I hope he, he calls you to leave ethos because he puts a spark in your heart for the kingdom. And not that you don't have it here, but, but I'm hoping that, that God, he calls so many of us away from our church. I went through a season as, as one of our leaders here, man, where I, where I held on so tight to our church family that, that, that I, I, did, I never wanted anyone to lead. I wanted, I wanted to guard this. I wanted us to be this tight-knit family for all of us to, to grow old and all of us to, to die together. And the reality is that there are parts of that that I hope we get. Like, I hope this church is around 50 years from now and, and that we have, man, that there is such a deep love for God in our hearts, and I hope that there's a deep love for each other that only comes through, through walking through the hard seasons, ups and downs of, of long life together. I hope that's our church. I hope that, that we've gotten to be a part of helping hundreds, thousands of people come to know Jesus as Lord, give their life to him. I hope we get to see uh, the, the, the crime in our city go down and education go up because of our contribution. I hope we get to see... Um, families in our neighborhood that are broken. I hope we get to see them restored and hope we get to be a part of it. I hope we get to see the the overlooked in our city, in our neighborhood cared for. I hope that that you and I get to be a part of a church that that does so much good in the name of Jesus. But I also hope that our best house church leaders and our best volunteer coordinator, sorry, Nana, and and our our best kids' teachers, sorry, Rachel, feel the call of God on their life to leave for a season or to leave forever because God's calling you into something. And as a church family, we're going to have to make the decision, hey, are we going to let go so that the kingdom can grow? Or are we going to fight for everything to hold on to what we have? You know, this is what we experienced at Ethos when um, we, we started Ethos in 2008, and we were meeting at the cannery. There was one night gathering. We met at 6 p.m., and we got to this point where, where the room was full, and we we're going, hey, are, are we done growing? Like, do we want anyone else to, to come into the kingdom? If, because if so, we're going to have to make some changes. And it was hard because, man, we, we all met in one room. We were all together. There was just this deep love for each other. And we knew, hey, in order to keep growing, we're going to we're gonna have to, to make some changes. We're gonna have to let go of some things. And you, and you read about this and you read about the, the church in Antioch letting Saul, letting Barnabas go. And it's like, you, you could feel the struggle. You feel how hard that was. But on the other side of it, and, and you don't know this until you keep reading, you see this in Acts chapter 13 and 14, all the people that came to know Christ because this church was willing to let people go And they didn't do it begrudgingly. They did it joyfully. And so you read about this man named Sergius Paulus who was this influential authority, this official who came to know Christ. Imagine how he started ruling and and living because he came to know Christ. Imagine how government was impacted because of this one man. Or you read in chapter 13, verse 44 44 of the city called City in Antioch. And this is the verse in verse 40 says that that almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Imagine if we sent out Ben and he goes to to some city, goes to Murfreesboro. and, And next Sunday, we hear that the whole city, almost the whole city, gathers to hear the word of the Lord. Think about what that would be like. Or in chapter 14, verse 1, it says that in Iconium, a great number of Jews and Greeks believed in Jesus. Or 14, chapter 14, verse 9, it says that a lame man from birth was healed. Or in chapter 14, verse 21, where it says that, that a large number of disciples in Derby came to know Jesus. And I say that because I go, man, so often when we come to these places of, of having to let go, all we're thinking about is ourselves, and we're not thinking about the bigger kingdom, but the Church of Antioch said, "You know what? We're willing to let go because we want to see the kingdom grow." Think about one of my good friends, and he felt the call of God on his life to move to, to Greece. And in Greece, all these um, refugees from the Middle East were, were moving to 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 Greece to, to be cared for, where they could uh, where they could be safe. And so he moves to Greece and and he sends me this video earlier this week. He said, hey, we've got all these men from Afghanistan and all these men from Iran and and we're telling them about Jesus. And would you just pray for us? And I get this video on Tuesday morning. I get this video on Thursday morning. And he said, hey, I wanted to tell you that today 14 men from the Middle East gave their lives to Jesus. We baptized them in the waters here. He said, the kingdom is growing. And I'm going, he doesn't ever experience that if he holds on to what he has. That the kingdom doesn't grow unless you're willing to let go. Sometimes it's letting go of people. Sometimes it's letting go of your plans. I guarantee you, Saul and Barnabas, man, they're just going, man, we want this to be our church family. We want to love these people and walk through the up and downs of life. But one of the things about following Christ, about living in his kingdom, is he gets gets to call the shots. And that's actually the way that you desire it. And we're, as God's people, going to have the choice are we going to let go so the kingdom can grow, so that we can grow, so that we can, can move out of our mom and dad's house and become the people that God has created us to be? Are we going to hold on? Church at Antioch is a church that listens to the Lord, a church that let go. And the third thing that we see in this church is that they were a church that, that leaned into the plans of the Lord church that listened, a church that let go, a church that leaned in to the plans of the Lord. And what I mean by this is is that they fully lived their lives for Jesus, wanting to become like Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church I want to be. A bunch of people who are not living for ourselves, we're living for Jesus, and we're living because we want to live and look just like him. Read through the New Testament. There's not a kinder heart than Jesus's. There's not a more inclusive, loving man that ever stepped foot on this earth than Christ. And I want us to be a bunch of people that look just like him. And when people look at us, they get a glimpse of Jesus. And here's the thing. This church, man, they understood that it wasn't just about being sent Like the kingdom wasn't just advanced when people were sent out. The kingdom was advanced sometimes when people stay. Right. And so you see this at Church of Antioch. They set apart how many people? How many? Two. You guys are great at math. The whole church didn't go. Right, And so it wasn't like two people went out and did God's work and everyone else just stayed around and, and, and waited for, to, to, to hear about all the things that God was doing. No, they understood that the, 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 the call to follow Jesus is, is sometimes one of, of being sent and sometimes it's one of staying. And there's equal value and there's equal responsibility whether you're sent or whether you stay. My wife and I have several friends that are kind of scattered all over the world that are, that are missionaries. And I love getting to talk to them, FaceTime with them, because they understand that their calling is, is to advance the kingdom as, as forcefully and as long as they have. And some of them go, "Man, we're, we're going to be here for a couple years." And, and their whole life is about advancing the kingdom. They know that that is why they are there. Everything that they do it's about advancing the kingdom, And I started to wonder, am I living as intentionally here as my friend in Greece is living? Am I living as intentionally here as my friend in Haiti is living? Am I living as intentionally here as my friends in India are? We need people to go and share Christ. And we need people to stay and share Christ. And I wanna say this, it doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy. Right, sometimes you face the most resistance when you're walking in the Lord's will for your lives. You know, you would think about this. You had this amazing prayer time. It's like, hey, Charles and Lana, the Holy Spirit told you that you guys are gonna be sent out on a missionary journey. And you kind of get that. You're like, okay, this is awesome. Like, this is what God's calling for. Everything's gonna go smooth, right? You just, we kind of have it in our mind that when God's calling, everything's gonna work out. Everything's gonna go easy. Chapter 14, verse nine. Paul's in a city and this is what it says. Some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and they won the crowd over that Paul was talking to. They stoned Paul. And they dragged him outside of the city thinking he was dead. Okay, what do we do with that? Here's what we do with that the the call of following Jesus doesn't mean that our life's always gonna get easier. But when Christ is the Lord of our lives, our lives are always better. It is so much better to follow Jesus through hard stuff and to actually have the real Lord in your life, the real king with real power, with real love, than it is to to walk through this life without him. I remember when, when, when Dave and Sid felt the call of, of God in their life to start Ethos over 11 years ago. And I remember walking through this with them, with, with my wife, and, and and they were talking about all the these nightmares that they were having. All the ways that the enemy was trying to just get in their heads and intimidate them. They started having car problems. They started having issues on their house. They had things stolen from them. It's like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And so often, when, when you're trying to process your life and you're going, man, you know, Matt and Laura, you're like, we're following Jesus. And then all these things are happening, and the enemy likes to try to get in there and be like, no, you know You just need to stop. This isn't God's will for your lives. And the reality is that so often when you're right in the will of God is when the hardest things come your way. And it's the resistance that God makes you stronger in. It's the resistance that that reveal how much you actually love Jesus. It's the resistance that gives you what you need. You know, this is what Jesus faced, right? Like he came to earth. The persecution how he was misunderstood, how people didn't believe in him, how people, his own family thought he was out of his mind. The way of Jesus was the cross, the way of Jesus was suffering, the way of Jesus was being misunderstood. And you look at Christ's life and his whole life wasn't marked with ease. It was a life that was called out of the comfort for the sake of others. And I believe it's so helpful when we can see things holistically when we can think about what God is doing not just through us as individuals but but through us as a church through us as a kingdom you know several people from our church family are getting the 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 joy to to go all over the world think about Casey going to Ukraine I think about Kevin and Bailey who are going to Uganda I think about Corey who just got back from Moldova and and so often people from our church family you get called for a season to, to be sent somewhere I think about how many of you were able to come to Strong Family Day or how many of you were able to come to the picnic in this neighborhood over the, the past season. And, and, and what I want us to see is that, yeah, we might not all get to go to, to Moldova, but, but we get to, to be a part of that. And maybe you weren't able to, to, to go to Andrew Jackson neighborhood and to be a part of that day, but, but we get to be a part of that. And we can, when we can think about life, what God is doing through us. It doesn't absolve us from the personal responsibility to follow and to share Christ. When we think about the kingdom as as us and what we're getting to be a part of, it, it invites us to contribute, to give our life to this thing that is so much bigger than you. And so whether you stay or whether you're sent, the call is to follow Jesus. And I love this church And all this beauty, all this growth, all this kingdom expansion happened because they were willing to put themselves in a place to listen to the Lord. And this morning, I don't want us just to talk about listening. I want us to try it. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to create a space for us to listen to the Lord. Not us talking, but us listening. And we're gonna do this for the the sake of one another. And so I don't want you to raise your hand, but I do want you to to ask yourself and to think about this. Do any of you come in here today just needing some encouragement? Like answer honestly. Maybe you're tired. Maybe life is beating you up. Maybe you come in here and, and you don't really know that God loves you. Maybe you believe it in your head, but you don't really believe it in your heart. So here's what we're going to do in, in a couple of minutes is I'm going to invite you to, to kind of circle your chairs up with seven or eight people around you. And I'm going to just, just ask, hey, would one person from every group just volunteer? Would one person who comes in here this morning saying, hey, I just need some encouragement. You don't have to tell anyone what, what, what's going on in your life. But would you, just, would you be willing to, in your group, say, yeah, I would love some encouragement this morning. And then what I'm gonna ask the, the rest of us to do, the, the, the other six or seven people who are in that circle, for those who want to participate, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just pray this just simple prayer over us. And this is what I'm gonna pray. God, what do you say about them? What do you say about who they are? And then you, you're just gonna listen. And more than likely, you're not going to hear an audible voice. You might. That'd be awesome if we heard God's voice, if we all got to hear it this morning. More than likely, what's going to happen is you're going to see a word in your head. You're going to see a picture. An image is going to come to your mind. A Bible verse might come to your mind. You might have a feeling. Now, let's just pause for a minute. Some of you are going, this is so weird. I'm never coming back to this church again, right? Like, Some of you are are sitting here and and I wanna just speak into this because I'm talking and and I know what is going on in your spirit as you're saying, hey, God would never speak to me like this. I've never heard God like that. There's no way that God would show up and do that. And I know that you're thinking that because I've been there. (laughs) But here's what I wanna say, just hang with me. Don't talk yourself out. We've been talking the, the, the past few weeks about listening to God. And one of the things that I'm becoming more and more convinced of is that God loves to speak to us. Specifically, when God shows us something or when God speaks something to us that is for someone else, the word for that in the Bible is prophecy, at least in the New Testament. Put up that first slide for me, please. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse three. It says, this is what Paul writes. He says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comforting. You know, some of you, you come here this morning and, and maybe you've been hurt by prophecy. Someone mishandled it. Someone misused it. Maybe, maybe someone shared something with you that, that didn't do this, but did the exact opposite. It discouraged you. It scared you. Maybe you were put in a situation where you were forced to try this and you didn't know how and and you weren't ready. And if this was the case for you, I'm so sorry. And we are not gonna do that today. Every believer, I want you to hear this, that has this Holy Spirit is capable of hearing from God. It's not just for a few. Go to that next slide. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse one. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. So what is he saying there? He's not just saying that this is a few. He's saying, do you want this? Like, Maury, do you want to be a part of this? Like, do you want to like, ask God, God, would you give me an encouraging word for someone in this room that is discouraged? All you have to do is to eagerly desire this. It's not that, that God gives this to some and withholds it from some. No, God loves to give this. He just goes, do you want it? Go to verse four. Go to the next slide, please, Caleb. It says, the one who prophesies, listen to this, edifies the church that there's something about this, about giving God space to speak things that builds up the church and it doesn't make any sense if God's not real, but because God is real, it makes all the sense in the world. God loves when we put ourselves in places where God has to work. You know what that's called? It's called faith. God loves it when we put ourselves in places to to encourage and to bless and to build up other people. Why? Because it's loving people. And God loves people. He loves all, Christ loved people. He loves you. And so many of you come in this morning and and you don't believe that. You don't believe the cross. You don't believe that he's, you're thinking about all the things that you've messed up and all the sins and all the struggles and all the places where you failed. And he's just going, I love you. And this morning, if you are willing, he will prove it to you. Every believer that has the Holy Spirit is capable of hearing from God. So I wanna put a few fences fences up around us before we jump into this and try it. I'll say this, if you don't wanna participate, if you don't feel comfortable doing this, in a minute when I ask people to, to circle up, if you don't feel comfortable, that's totally okay. I am not pressuring you into doing this. No one should pressure you into doing something like this. But when I invite you to, to circle up and, and I, I pray that prayer over you, I just invite you, if you don't feel comfortable like listening to God in this way, I invite you just to, to pray in that moment, just to give God thanks. Like in your head, just, just tell God things that you're thankful for. There isn't gonna be this time where everyone has to go around the circle and share. We're gonna invite a place for people if, if, they, if they hear something, they can share. But, but there's not gonna be this pressure like, okay, hey, now you, what do you have? Like We're not gonna have that this morning. So you can just let all that pressure fall to the ground. If you don't wanna participate, it's totally okay. But I do invite you to get in a group and just to watch. For those of you who who do choose to participate in this, whether you're one receiving encouragement or whether you're one of the people that's gonna listen on behalf of someone else, I wanna give you a couple things to think about. Hey, no dates. Right. And so if Danielle's praying and, and, and God, you know, uh, says something to her, she's not going to go, hey, on February 21st of 2022, you're going to be on the moon. Right. Like we're, we're not going to do any of that this morning. There's there's not going to be any like, hey, I see in your future that you're going to have a, 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 a husband or a wife or a baby. We're not doing any of that this morning. OK, like all that is off the table, maybe for another day. We're not doing that today. Today, what we're doing, go to the next slide. We're only sharing good things. Ephesians 4, 29, 30 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the redemption. So I share this because I go, man, I just believe that when we give God space to speak, he's gonna speak. And you might get a a picture and the picture might not make any sense to you. You might see a picture of a, you know, a, a little bicycle with a lion on it. Just share what you see. Some of you are gonna get a word and, and, and the word's gonna be just something that doesn't make any sense to you. Some of you are gonna get a Bible verse and, and I encourage you to, to, to reopen your Bible and to make sure it's encouraging. And, and, and when, whatever it is that God puts on you that is encouraging, that strengthens, that comforts, that builds up, To share those things. And I know that the tendency is is going to be, you know, to to grieve the Holy Spirit, that, that you're gonna be sitting there and you're going, that doesn't make any sense. And that can't be from God. Guys, we're creating a space for God to speak. God is going to speak. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying there is, as God's put things on your heart, just share them. You have no idea the encouragement that's gonna come because you're willing to share. Don't withhold that. Go to the next slide. This is our last passage of scripture just to think about real quick because I set up some finches, some fences. I don't know what finches are. Do not quench the spirit. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Test them. Hold on to what is good. And so as you're, if the person who's receiving these prayers today, hey, as God speaks things, the, the, the enemy and the tendency is gonna be want to try to deflect those and be like, oh, that, that, that is too good to be true. That can't be possible. That can't be how God sees me. And he says, hey, don't quench it. God's trying to give you what you need. Just be willing to receive it. A couple more things. Hey, as as we enter in this time of prayer, be humble and be open handed. Don't be uh, manipulative. Be considerate. So you you can say something like this Hey, I feel like God is saying, or I sense that God is saying, it's not, hey, this is the word of the Lord. This is what you need to hear today. It's humble, it's open handed. And if someone, the, the last fence, if someone shares something today that, that makes you feel uncomfortable, or if someone shares something in your group, you're like, ah, that just didn't feel, that didn't settle right. Nana, the, the woman who did the, the opening this morning, me, we'll, we'll be around, come talk to us. We want to talk about those things. We take it real serious to, to protect our, our people, to make sure that things that are spoken in here are done with love and concern and care. And so I want to say this, and, this is, and then we'll jump in. As the listener, there's something that happens that, that it builds confidence in you when you're willing to listen and to share and it speaks to someone. But you only gain confidence by trying. And so if you come here this morning and you're a little uncomfortable, you're a little nervous about trying, but you go, man, I, I think that this is good and it's definitely in the Bible, just be willing to try it. It is so fun to to be a part of of God speaking through you to encourage other people. And so as a listener, it builds confidence. As the the person who just volunteers to receive prayer this morning, hey, no one thinks that your life is falling apart. In fact, it just speaks to how brave you are. And God's not gonna reveal these things that are going to crush you and expose you. That, That is not the Father's heart. God loves you, wants to build you up. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to, to get in groups, to circle your chairs up right now in the middle of church. Do that right now in groups of seven or eight. Just, just make big circles around the room. I'm going to kind of guide us through this. Hey, the, the, the fact that you're even doing this is faith, just so you know. The fact that you're circling your chairs up with some of you who are strangers and you're really uncomfortable is a demonstration that God is at work in your life. Be encouraged. All right. So I'm going to encourage you to get those pieces of paper that are in your seat to get your pen. And, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to pray the prayer that I told you I was going to pray. God, what do you, what do you say about them? And when I get done praying that, I want you just, we're not going to take long. You're going to take 20, I'm going to take 30 seconds. in the very first thing that comes to your mind, all right, and and if, if you want to write it down, you, you can do that. If, if you're an amazing artist, you can write, draw that down real quick. But, but what I want to invite you to do is, is just to pay attention to the very first thing that comes to your mind, and don't doubt, and don't wrestle with, hey, is that God? What, what is that? You don't have to make sense of it. You're not the all-knowing God. God is. He's just... He's excited to work through you this morning. And so I encourage you to, if it's an encouraging word, if it's a picture that doesn't make sense, it's kind of neutral, share it. God speaks specific things to people and doesn't make any sense to you, but it will to people around you. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna pray. We're gonna take 15, 20 seconds or 20, 30 seconds just to listen. And then when I get done with that, I'm just gonna invite you to just go around the room, to, to go around and to share hey, this is what I felt like God was saying. And if you don't have anything or you don't feel comfortable, like I said, it's totally okay. It's not gonna be like, hey, just around the circle, just kind of popcorn it, all right? And as the recipient, whoever it is that, that's choosing to, to receive, you can write those things down or you can just ask for everyone's one's card. But there's something about this space where, where we, we're, we're inviting God to speak and we're expecting this guy's gonna speak. So right now, here, here's your assignment. Someone in the group volunteer to be the person that's gonna receive the encouragement, introduce yourself to the group. And then when you have somebody, will every group just kind of raise their hand so that I know that we're kind of ready to go? Okay, all right, I invite you to close your eyes. I'm gonna pray. Like I said, just pay attention to the first thing that comes to your mind, write those things down. And so God, this this is fun, this is exciting, it's a little nerve wracking. Thank you for all the people who, volunteer to be encouraged and I just pray that you would speak this morning in a way that only you can and so open our ears to hear God let us be encouraged this morning all around as a church family getting to receive words from you but also um, getting to share words from you and so God you know the people that have raised their hands and would you reveal to every person in the circle what do you say about them who do you say that they are